welcome, Julie. Thank you for Thank sitting you. down to talk to me. Um, I was hoping today to talk about, um, well, your involvement with the St. John's ice hockey team. We have our offices in the same building, and I don't know if the picture is still up there, but there is a picture of the team on your office door, and I have long wanted to ask you about that and mm -hmm. the role that um, ice hockey plays in your life. But I thought we would start by sort of framing it with um, uh, a, a bigger question. Reading this fall uh, War and Peace with my senior seminar, um, there are clearly many um, graphic war scenes in that book, um, but the scene that I was actually thinking about was um, a scene of the hunt. So when Nikolai, the the middle brother, or the older brother, I suppose, in the Rostov family, sort of is taking time away from being a soldier, and he and his father and a bunch of family go on this early morning hunt, mm -hmm. and there's this description of the hunt that is very much like the description uh, we get earlier in the book, um, some of the generals who are sort of organizing the plans for a battle scene. And so it got me thinking about, and I think we often, if we sort of probe into sports, particularly team sports, we, the comparison between war and team sports comes up. Um, so really, though, to make this a little more complicated right from the beginning, that comparison is sort of there for us, I think, in, in, in more than war and peace, certainly in the Iliad and in other things mm -hmm. we read, we are, we're drawn to think about the relationship between war and sports. But having watched my um, puppy recently <laughs> sort of romping around and playing, and I, it got me thinking about what looks, you know, she'll track down sort of lizards or um, whatever, uh, crickets around here in the desert. And and she, in some ways, is is being predatory, right? She's she's gonna go and she, if she catches them, she'll probably eat them. But she's so joyful and playful and the real thing that's going on there looks like play to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so it got me wondering whether the comparison between war and sports gets us where we need to go. I wanted to think about with you from the beginning, <laughs> sort of play and whether there's something about play maybe even more or um, in relation to that idea of the predatory or the warlike. Mm -hmm. Can we dig into that a little bit? In terms of whether when I'm out on the ice, it's a war or it's play? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's, yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's interesting to think about what uh, ice hockey is uh, because it's, yeah, you're, there's two teams and they're going against one another, but it's also an occasion for, for me, I know it's going to sound strange, for joy, I think, mm -hmm. because we're really out there in being in ourselves, being focused, being centered in ourselves. And the sort of competition that we're having is one where we're both competing with ourselves because you're trying to be the best you can be, but also you're competing with someone one-on-one -on -one and you're getting, you're learning about that person. And so you're sort of allowed to be who you are and you're allowing them to be who they are out there on the ice. And sometimes it turns into a character of perhaps, you know, we are 
combatants and, mm-hmm. and battling, but more so it's just that we're so focused on each other's movement mm-hmm. and that sort of thing that it, I think it is more the idea of play and the focus that play brings rather than uh, battle and war. Yeah. That it, <laughs> and it's interesting, I think, because one of the things that happens in War and Peace is that the um, expectation of war, particularly among the young soldiers, they're sort of ready for action and excited to get in there. Mm-hmm. And they come out deeply sort of disillusioned that mm-hmm. what um, had felt like they were going to show their stuff you know, which is similar to, I think, the idea of competing with yourself and wanting to be the best you can be. But they're going to show their stuff and then, you know, sort of their horse gets shot and they get trapped underneath the horse and and haven't even seen any action and and suddenly are suffering. And it it makes me really wonder about... So the frame around the team sports, around the ice hockey, that you show up and it's a joyful moment, Mm -hmm. um, both for probably the teams and also for spectators. Like there's something really exciting. Um, Is the frame of the sports important for that to happen? I mean, I guess... I think we could think of the sports as sort of the artificial version of what actually happens on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. But there's ways in which the disillusioned soldier thought that the war was going to be something, Mm -hmm. something more like play. And it turned out to be something really inarticulable. Yeah. Um, And I I think the difference for me is when I read war and peace and I see how someone on the battlefield is reacting to what's happening, suddenly they become very self-conscious. This is is happening to me. Oh, no, I wasn't expecting to be lying on my back on the ground looking Mm -hmm. at the sky and that sort of thing. Whereas when you're playing hockey, I really do think that you are in, in the moment you're feeling the sort of the the wholeness of the whole group on the ice and and you're part of a whole you're not one sort of individual but you're actually moving as a whole with all the other team members and things like that and so you're getting i think a better sense of uh, the only word i can think of is fulfillment you're fulfilled in the group mm-hmm. itself there's nothing that's that um Nothing shocking like that. You're, you're totally in the moment. In fact, one way I think about it is, is that you're not playing the game. The game's playing you. Mm-hmm. And you are just, you know, part of a, of a whole that's moving in space. And that, that feeling, it makes you greater than yourself, mm-hmm. I think, is for me the difference between, um, hockey or, a battle or something right, like right. that. And do you think that we would, gen- when we think about play, so I think back to my puppy and this sort of, there is a striving there. I, You know, it's also with little kids who, who like soccer or whatever. You can watch them just sort of like the ball is out there and they want to go for it. There's something compelling about wanting to mm-hmm. capture. And, um, but you've used the word focus a lot, mm-hmm. that there's this focus yes. and this idea of the whole. I like that a lot. Yeah. But can we connect that to play? And I'm, what, how, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering about play. I'm wondering about, um, you know, I think I started from, from this image of, of the dog and this idea of something 
that is dancing before the dog and, mm -hmm. and her desire to, to capture it and pin it down. And, uh -huh. and my experience um, playing, I played a lot of team sports through college too. Uh -huh. And there's something about that. I just love it. Like I want to, I want to get the ball. I don't know right. why, <laughs> um, but, yeah. but wondering a little bit about the focus part, I think is also right. That mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. What can we think about the relationship between that feeling and just what are we doing when we're playing? <laughs> Sorry, that's a hard <laughs> That's a difficult. I mean, so I was always the goalie, right? And on the hockey team for the St. John's team. And so I have, as, as the goalie, I have to be engaged. It's not just me and the puck. It's me and everybody else out on the ice. Yeah. And so I have to kind of keep track of where everyone is is on the ice. Uh -huh. And so I don't know if that's so much like your dog being focused on bugs or something like that, but I really truly have to um, engage a part of myself that sort of feels like it's, you know, f sensing where I am in space, uh -huh. you know, who's around me, you know, where's, where's my teammate? Where, where are the, where's the other team and that sort of stuff. So it, yeah. it's, it's, it's not sort of an engagement of, of the thing, like the ball, or in your case, or the puck in my case, but it's it's an engagement of the other people that are there, and I'm really trying to make sure I know where they all are at the same time. Does it have an abstract, I mean, what, so on the one hand, it feels like in thinking through or engaging with your space in that kind of very mm -hmm. focused way, abstract might be the wrong word, but that's the way I'm thinking about it right now, mm -hmm. sort of being able to see the the mm -hmm. the rink before you and what's going on but on the other hand there's something so bodily about mm -hmm. well just playing mm -hmm. the sport mm -hmm. um and and even when you talk about the focus it feels almost like a physical space that you enter right. when you're so how is it what is the relationship between the abstract well, and the body and well that? for me and this you know goes back also i, I think you know I was a gymnast in college as well. Um, so it goes back to sort of being, I like to say, being physics. You become physics out there. So you just really become something that's being moved in space and time. And you do get the sensual, sensual, well, it is a sensual awareness, not only of what's all around you, but I also know what's behind me uh -huh. without even, I can just sort of feel what's there behind me at the same time. So it is a sort of a, you're in a moment in not only in space but also in time that's uh -huh. that's it's it's a wonderful feeling just to feel like you're a part of the of the world in that way yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it one of the things i was i wanted to ask you about was whether that um the sen the sensation of the groupness but also this focus given what we do at St. John's in the classroom in some ways it's a big stretch because mm -hmm. we're we're reading and thinking and talking mm -hmm. um and in, and one might argue that's all about sort of thought and mm -hmm. not body mm -hmm. but but does it overlap at all the description that you Definitely have? does because if I am sitting in a seminar in a classroom and I suddenly become incredibly self-conscious I lose track of the conversation um everything that we've that's we've set up to that point 
after that, I really feel that I have to stay focused in that moment uh, mm-hmm. with the discussion, uh, listening carefully. It is, it is very much, it's, that's why I don't like, I don't want to think about what I do in the classroom as me directing the conversation. I know we use those words sometimes, but it's more that I'm just in tune with the conversation. I'm listening to the students. I'm moving with the thought as it moves around. And I'm keeping a sense of of it as a whole. Mm -hmm. I think that's, again, wholeness is very important to me. So I have a feeling that there's a whole conversation that we're having and there's not somebody who's not a part of it um, at the table. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of always, I don't know if this happens for you, but I'm always kind of aware of maybe someone who's not in tune with the conversation. And I sort of want to speak to that person at that moment and say, oh, well, what do you think in that sort of thing? Yeah. So, yeah, it, the focus is, I think, that's similar to what we do um, in St. John's in conversation. Yeah, when you describe it that way about the student who might not be talking, that does have a bodily feel to me. When I think about being at the semin- seminar table, mm-hmm. there is something yeah. especially about that that is, uh, yeah, like you might be feeling your way. Yeah. Uh, your position on a field. It is about bodies as much as it is about the thoughts that are being expressed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you want to try to tie that person in somehow to the conversation. Because otherwise, I mean, I'm trying to think of a good analogy for from hockey. I mean, what it would be like if you just had some person who was, you know, skating around at one end of the rink doing nothing or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, so you want everyone to be involved. Um. So we've kind of been um, focusing on, and it seems important to me, and I think not always intuitive, that the kind of um, joyfulness and and unity in in playing team sports and for you um, in ice hockey, um, I think we may have talked about this as, as the, like the social contract that goes on that mm-hmm. we come together, right. um, sort of loving each other, even our the opposing team, mm-hmm. um, in order to do this thing, which may then include, usually does, competition, ambition, these right. this sort of um, more uh, warlike mm-hmm. things. Um, but it does seem like there's an interesting tension there in the way we're thinking through. We have on the one hand this wholeness and groupness, and on the other hand, the individual, the ambition, the, mm-hmm. um, and it may be the case that they're mutually constituted, that that's what makes what happens mm-hmm. in, in, in sports so compelling. Um, but how do we, how do we think about that? Um, that tension between the wholeness of all of us together on the ice and then the combativeness of you reminded me of uh, once when I was playing with the St. John's team there are on many hockey teams uh, men in this these were co-ed teams but men who pretty much think that with a female goalie, all they need to do is just take you out with one shot. <laughs> and that's what they're trying to do. And it reminded me of one of the students 
um, who was on our hockey team, St. John's team, who saw this going on and he, like, he, he was like, you know, Achilles or someone, he came in and just was defending me standing in front of the <laughs> net and I was like, come bring it, you know, that sort of thing. So there is that aspect of it too, where you really find that there's, um, I, I don't know, there's a certain honor that is happening, you know, amongst the groups and you're not going to just sit back and, and let, and, you know, just anybody, you know, walk all over your team or particularly your goalie, but you're going to actually do battle. And I'm, I, I'm thinking about how those two ideas are related. Is that the, yeah. the question that yeah. you have this sort of, coming together as, you know, combatants and really standing up for one another uh, in, in a, on a field of honor. And then also the sort of, yeah, also learning to um, work as a team and, and, and doing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting tension that's happening because it can go you can go overboard with that i mean you could mm -hmm. definitely become incredibly angry and fights do break out and mm -hmm. you know hockey games i know it comes as a shock to you but fights do happen <laughs> and hockey games yeah so the two are sort of in tension um but what intrigues me just thinking about it is it never, it, you always, it always backs down. It never turns into this thing where the whole, the whole game just stops and you don't go on. There are these ways in which these things really, uh, sort of, you know, they just, it just settles and you just go on with what's happening in, in the moment. So I'm not quite sure how to bring those two ideas yeah. together. What, what do you think? Well, I, I don't know. I, what's striking me right now is, um, the idea that how frequently I think we think of the, um, sports as a kind of analog for war, mm -hmm. but I think we put sports in quotations. It's the derivative of oh. war that is sort of what we, we take this instinct and we pull it into society in a way that we can manage it. Right. But I actually, I, I'm increasingly, I want to flip that and say, actually, maybe there's something about the tension, about the simultaneous social contract and sort of love for each other and wholeness and the competition and the playing out um, that is more primary. Hmm. There's something about that that captures what we really want where what happens going back to war and peace is the, the disillusionment of, mm -hmm. oh, I see. thought I wanted this thing, right. that some instinct in me thought I wanted to display my honor. And um, mm -hmm. and I think it, it happens in Homer too, the, the kind of radical grotesqueness of the, the battle scenes mm -hmm. where on the one hand you're getting the vaunting, you know, soldier who has vanquished his opponent and, and the, the excitement of that I think is there, but the, the really graphic descriptions of what's happening to their bodies mm -hmm. is right alongside that. So we're never really allowed, permitted by Homer to simply get the high of the, um, the vanquished, yeah. you know, the vanquished and uh -huh. the, the, um, that that idea seems to be called into question a little bit, mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's what I'm I'm wondering now about calling it into question whether there's something about play and the framedness of it and this doubleness which might get more at 
what this human instinct is, what it is that we're doing. Uh, maybe it requires both. And it's not just that we're kind of cooperating, but there's also has to be a way in which I am showing my very best what I can do. I think that's really, really true um, on the ice when you're playing the game. You really are trying to play, especially, you know, you want to win. You want, you know, that team, the picture on my door, that team won the championship that year. We're sitting there with the trophy and yeah. we are really happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you do want, I mean, it's, it's not, we're not there just to be out on the ice and one we want to we want to conquer right. we want to win that game so so let's think then about um if because some of the language of on the ice you're focused and you're functioning as a unit and there's this beautiful imagery of sort of coming together as mm -hmm. a whole mm -hmm. um even transcendent it has this mm -hmm. really powerful feeling is it connected to competition and to the, to, is there something, I mean, I think that that's not intuitive. You wouldn't put the kind of violence or however we want to describe that um, desire to really win whatever mm -hmm. with the, the kind of wholeness mm -hmm. and, and unity, but do they inform each other at some level? <sighs> yeah, it's, it's, Interesting when you say that, um, being the person I am, I, I don't separate them um, when I'm thinking about it. I mean, I do want to win, even though I'm working against all of these other people and, you know, and, and with them at the same time to have this thing that we're calling the game. Uh -huh. I want to win. I don't want to just be out there um, for you know, exercise or something like that. I have that fighting spirit yeah. inside me. I hate to lose. I tell you that. <laughs> I very much hate to lose. And I need that. I can't just go out there and say, oh, may the best team win. Maybe some people can do that, but I can't. I have to have that fighting spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it seems like, I mean, does it seem like two different things to you or does it seem like one idea when you're out there playing a sport? Because there's, there's got to be a kind of a you that overcomes mm -hmm. and also a spirit of working together as a team and playing a game and having, and as I said, you know, before the game really playing you and you're allowed to be a part of that. But Yeah. I don't know it necessarily um, <laughs> off the top of my head. I mean, it does make me think... Um, that the context in which my my own sort of um, performance, or if I'm doing well and I am playing the best that I can play, it requires the game mm -hmm. for that yeah, to show up. Yeah. So the thing, I've been playing tennis mostly lately, and the idea of, it's very individual, so that's different, but how satisfying it is to perform really well, mm -hmm. sort of yes. to hit a really good shot, but but that there is a, it's a conversation that's happening yes. and, and there is, you value that other yeah. so much yeah. as the, the one who will respond or not respond. Right. Um, and I think, you know, in long sort of delightful points where people are responding, there, there's delight in that right. whole that is the context in which my sort of competitive spirit can show itself. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. 
So it doesn't, does it feel like, so it feels like it's, it's one idea for, I mean, that's how I think about it. And I was just thinking when you were talking, the other part of it, particularly with a team sport like that is that, and you mentioned this earlier, there's the crowd. And if the crowd is cheering and that, that's another thing that sort of lifts you above yourself. And you're just like, you know, I made this great save and everybody was like, yay. And you, whoa. And you're, and you're just like, oh, that the level of adrenaline just jumps for you at that point. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's, uh, that's an individual thing. Um, I think that comes through as you're feeling the sort of competition. You're also feeling that incredible, um, sense of being on top of your game and, mm-hmm. and doing the best you can possibly do and seeing people appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I think is really important. My experience, um, being on the ice with, uh, you know, St. John's students was that they were very much, you know, I don't know, they just, they, for me as a team, seemed just more in tune with the idea of working together as a group uh-huh. um, than the other teams did. The other teams were very much, you know, individually for themselves. And we were the team that, um, as I said, we were in tune with one another. We heard, you know, we listened. We knew where everybody was on the ice. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that any particular book was, you know, something that I would think about and say, it was just like in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'd have to, I'd really, yeah, yeah think about what, which book would. Uh, Share would, that. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go. Um, so. Um, so, so much of what we've been talking about, the sort of relationship between working as a group and and sort of performing your best individually towards mm. a common goal, really does speak to what we do in the seminar room. Right. I mean, I think it's a little, it's it gets complicated for me because I think about the Mino, which we read freshman year, and the students are faced with Socrates talking about the difference between an heuristic argument and a dialectical argument Mm -hmm. and the idea of an argument that is made in a warlike way to sort of vanquish one's conversational opponent versus a dialectical approach which um, in which we build together towards in a kind of back and forth way we work with each other Mm -hmm. Um, and in a very sort of superficial way I think we you know we talk about that with a freshman as the dialectic version Mm -hmm. is our it is our model. That's what right. we're doing. We're not in there to be the smartest one in the class or to sort of try to contradict each other. Right. Um, so how do we work together? How do we work that in? What we've been talking about on the ice is this, this either tension or relationship. How does that show up in the St. John's classroom? What I'm really, I know where the dialectical part, the group part happens, mm-hmm. but that individual spirit, the thing about how does that get incorporated for us, do you think? An individual spirit of desire to win? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hmm, interesting. In conversation. Um, cause when, because when you were talking about uh, the Mino, my first thought was the slave boy. And that, to me, is the kind of competition or com- conversation that you're having out on the ice um, with one another mm-hmm. because you're um, pulling at what's 
what I guess Socrates would say um, is internal to the other person. You're pulling that spirit forward mm-hmm. in that other person. And there can be, I don't know if this is if kind of competition that we're talking about, but there can be resistance to that mm-hmm. where you don't want to be led in a certain place um, by another person. Mm-hmm. And that um, can cause some real, um, you know, sort of, problems out on the ice if you're not you know willing to be led in a certain way uh in in the way that would work best for uh the team itself to mm-hmm. its goal uh so that i mean when i think about what kind of uh what kind of thinking or i don't know if it's even thinking because uh Socrates Socrates says he's just drawing this out of the slave boy. He's not giving him anything. So it's just kind of like this natural. I think it's courage. It's courage that you're pulling out of one another in there. And that may be um, what what's in the conversation in the classroom is a lot like what's happening on the ice is that we're just making each other more courageous mm-hmm. and pulling each other out in a very strong way to be the best that each of us can be. Um, so I don't know if that's kind of where you're thinking about it. Or <laughs> no, I, that's that's interesting, um, and it and it sort of characterizes this. Um, I don't know. We've said it in different ways, but a kind of desire to be the best that you can be, and mm-hmm. sort of um, sort of show your stuff and. Um, yeah. So that if I allow you, like the you know. Um, Socrates gives the slave boy the chance to say, show his stuff, show what he knows. And, and if I can allow you to do that and you bring that out there and shine, and then I, we can, you know, work together to try to figure out, well, you know, how can that be better? How can it be, you know, stronger? How is, Mm -hmm. how can you sort of tether that, um, courage that you're feeling in the classroom, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being able to speak in front of the seminar or something like right. that. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's sort of a recharacterization, at least for me, of something like like ambition or right. the individualism, which I think it shows up that way, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. But the yes. idea of either pulling out someone else's courage or having, experiencing your own courage pulled right. out of yourself. Yes. And that others are making room for that to happen. Right. Sort of weaves together that individual impulse or mm-hmm. experience of really being the best that you can be with the room that others have made, whether it's in a, a given play on the ice right. or the the actual rink and the fans, like that that room is being created for right. this this possibility of of an individual sort of courage showing itself. Mm-hmm. It makes it less um intention or less sort of paradoxical. Well, how do we put together the sort of impulse for for competition and winning? And mm-hmm. on the other hand, this notion of a kind of inherently group dynamic, a social contract, a, mm-hmm. a working for each other. But it seems to be more complicated than we're, we all sort of um, come in with a, a group spirit and, and mm-hmm. we're here to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. But I, I think that that, the, the, the nature of that impulse, like when you have a breakaway or you have, there's something about that that is right. forceful. It's not, 
it's not exactly generous in the moment. It's yes. taking right. that opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think that it's instructive to me about thinking about the classroom because I think that that has to happen. Right. People have to embody personally the full force of the room that is made for them right. so that they can say something right. sort of on their two feet, but in the context that, on, that the only it would only be meaningful Right. Given that it's in that context. Right. Like the dynamic of when I, you're doing a Euclid proof and someone just is amazing and you're just watching that skill and they're just line, line, <laughs> just wonderful. And you're sitting back and you out. The only thing you want to do at the end of that is just applaud them as a student. Wow, that was incredible. You just sort of took that moment and made it greater than what it was. I think, yeah, I could see that in terms of the same dynamic as what we what we're doing when we're playing yeah play play is an interesting thing i think because yeah it's um it's we think of oh it's a game it doesn't matter but it's it really is an embodiment of a self and a self that can become greater um through the through the dynamic of the play and it's a self that can be kind of a presentation um, in front of others and also inspires them to be greater mm-hmm. than themselves. I've, I, I've had amazing um, math classes. I'm, I don't know why I keep thinking of math, but math classes like that, where you just see someone who just does this amazing solo performance at the board and you're just aghast and everybody is just in the field you walk out of there feeling like this was one of the best classes I've ever had at St. John's amazing yeah no that's helpful to me thinking about um that sort of our potential to be better you know we we're not fixed so we have we have ways in which we show up every day but they're not fixed we sort of can push those boundaries Mm -hmm. we're were not only malleable, but just not not sort of defined. Right. And that that idea of play being the place, a place in which that we engage with that mm-hmm. aspect of ourselves. And that's I think you're right that that's really a lot of the delight of it. That I you know get on a soccer field or on a tennis court, and I don't know what's going to happen, and I know I'm going to push that in me mm-hmm. and or as a group and and see what what might mm-hmm. arise but it's the the might arise part it's experiencing the world as something that is not fixed and could go either way that 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 flexibility seems really important in yes. terms of what we're doing when we're playing it's sort of obvious but we're we're playing with the boundaries of ourselves right. and what's possible and it's really satisfying mm-hmm. um yes I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. And uh, the, I was thinking back to the opening example from War and Peace that you were talking about. And when I think about the opposite side of, um, you know, um, oh, is it, is it, 
Alexander, who's who's lying on the ground? Andre. Andre, sorry. Yeah. You've done War and Peace since earlier than I have. Yeah. Um, but on before that time when he's running from battalion to battalion and helping and trying to keep the war going and keep it going forward, and you do get a sense of that aspect of of play and also of just the dynamic of um, being an individual in battle. Um, that that kind of goes along with the idea that you're sort of, you know, you are being more than you could possibly be in a classroom like that. You're moving from idea to idea and f- surging forward bravely and mm-hmm. all of that. Um, well, I think, you know, the seriousness of play is sort of what is highlighted for me there. Mm-hmm. There's something really serious about it. It's mm-hmm. not just... Um, and combining thinking about the bodily, you know, f- sports and bodies and that we're doing something physically and comparing that to what we do in the classroom mm-hmm. is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it leaves me with a lot to think about, but I think it's a very useful. And I think that, that we sometimes separate too much sort of our activity, our philosophical activity, the life of the mind, mm-hmm. that what you're doing for me is dr- bringing those together somehow. What happens when we're doing this very physical mm-hmm. activity on a sports field, it's not entirely different, and nor is it simply an image for right. what we're doing in the classroom. It's it's actually very much related, mm-hmm. and that's worth thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I I mean we both just went through a year where we were not in person, and we were teaching online, and I just that the being back in the classroom this year for me has just been so wonderful, just to be able to have those people present in front of me and see them striving and see them you know working at what they're trying to do and and put, bringing together ideas um, uh, and having to encounter one another in a way that they didn't they didn't encounter each other last year when we were you know working on zoom when we had you know all these all faces staring at you you know (laughs) and some flat sort of panel and you were just looking and you never really got the feeling that this was a group um striving together to understand at least for me i missed the physical aspect of it Continuing the Conversation is a 20-episode web and podcast series produced by the St. John's College Communications Office in partnership with 12FPS and A Warehouse Productions. To continue the conversation with St. John's College, which offers a bachelor's degree in liberal arts, in-person and online master's degrees in liberal arts and Eastern classics, as well as summer academy for high school students and summer classics for lifelong learners, Go to sjc.edu.